Remember that? Floyd mm -hmm. owes me the day. I'm telling you. Oh, Ralph, yeah. you remember the dances we used to go to at the Sons of Italy Hall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had some good bands in that joint, too. Isom Jones, <laughs> Ted Fiorita, yeah. Little Jack Little. <laughs> Not to forget Basil Foamy. Basil Foamy. Johnny Messner and his toy piano. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s, with yours truly, Glenn Robison, on Island Radio, KISL Avalon, at 88.7 on your FM dial, and anywhere on the planet at KISLAvalon.com on your internet dial. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this week's show, we'll celebrate the birthdays of Johnny Messner, Abe Harris, Jack Mahoney, and Sam Third, and we'll take a stroll down Lenox Avenue. Last week, October 10th, marked the birth in 1904 in New Orleans, Louisiana, of singer, songwriter, actor, and comedian Samuel Allen III, T-H-E-A-R-D, the fourth of six children born to Remy III, a painter, and his wife Rita. His show business career started in 1923 at age 19 when he joined a circus and went on to play the black nightclub and theater circuit. Most of his lengthy career was spent as an actor and comedian in theaters, movies, and television, but he was also a composer, best known for I'll Be Glad When You're Dead, You Rascal You, written in 1929, and made famous by Louis Armstrong on an April 1931 OK recording. So famous, in fact, that it was also in the soundtrack of the 1932 Fleischer Studios cartoon with that title, starring Betty Boop and featuring Coco the Clown. Third also made a number of recordings in 1929 and 30 of Hokum and Dirty Blues for Brunswick as Lovin' Sam from Down in Alabama, accompanied by Tampa Red and Cow Cow Davenport. He recorded for Jeanette as Sam Tarpley, as well as for Decca, Vocalion, and Bluebird. In the 1930s and 40s, Third worked as a comedian at the Apollo Theater in Harlem, during which time he began calling himself Spodiote after writing a song with that title in 1937. He recorded it in 1939, backed by Tiny Parham's Four Aces. In 1976, Third moved to Hollywood and appeared in episodes of several television shows, including Sanford and Son and Little House on the Prairie. He died December 2, 1982, in Los Angeles of complications from a stroke. Here are three from Sam Third. <laughs> I'ma get your mind on it. We gonna do that doodle it back. Everybody down my way, going insane. About that dance, ain't got no name. They call it doodle it back. Oh, doodle it back. Don't you never let me catch you doing that doodle it back. Ain't nothing to do, that's a natural fact. 
All you gotta do is just wiggle your back That's a doodle it back Oh, doodle it back Don't you never let me catch you Doing that doodle it back Get your mind on it, mama, get your mind on it. My gal stayed out till half past three, come waking me up, start worrying me about doodle it back. She won't doodle it back. Don't you never let me catch you doing that doodle it back. Boy, my grandma get my grandpa told, say, look, get yeah, boy, done got too old to doodle it back. You can't do the lid back. Don't you never let me catch you doing that do the lid back. Oh, keep your mind on it, mama. Keep your mind on it. Now you're doing that do the lid back. My mama and my daddy too done done it so much till they got the flu. That do the lid back. Too much doodle it back. Don't you never let me catch you doing that doodle it back. The doctor came, shook his head, said, Boy, your folks is almost dead from doodle it back. Too much doodle it back. Don't you never let me catch you doing that doodle it back. My gal bought me washboard and a tub. I put my shade on the boat and I started to rub. I start rubbing, rubbing on the darn old thing. Then I start rubbing up and down. She said, rub it round and round. And I start rubbing, rubbing on the darn old thing. In the park, then I start rubbing it in the dark. I start rubbing, rubbing on the darn old thing. She said, Your rubbing fits me to a T. I said, Your old washboard's all right with me. I start rubbing, rubbing on the darn old thing. Rubbing, rubbing on the darn old thing. 
Now my gal dressed in green Got good boogie-woogie, but she won't keep it clean I start washing, washing on the darn old thing As I mentioned earlier, Louis Armstrong recorded the hit version of I'll Be Glad When You're Dead, You Rascal You in 1931, but there you have a nice version credited to the Blue Liars at the Dorchester Hotel, with Joe Crossman providing the vocal on Xenophone 6092, with the truncated title You Rascal You on the label. The Blue Liars were essentially Bert Ambrose's Mayfair Hotel Orchestra minus the violin trio. Before that, a couple of vocals by Sam Third himself. We started with Doodle It Back, credited to Lovin' Sam from Down in Bam. Cow Cow Davenport wrote the song and accompanied Sam on Brunswick 7090, recorded in Chicago on May 18, 1929.
That was followed by Lovin' Sam Third, the mad comic, who was rubbing on that darned old thing. What? Yeah, that's right. Decca recorded that in Chicago on September 10, 1934, issued as catalog number 7025. I'm Glenn Robison, and you and I are listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. Last week, October 12th, marked the birth in 1890, or 91, in Navasota, Texas, of Abraham Harris, better known as Abe. After serving in World War I as a drummer, he started a jazz band with his brothers, Louis Joseph, better known as Lou, on trumpet, and Meyer Isidore, better known as Monk Harris, who played trombone and euphonium. The Harris Brothers Texans played at venues throughout Texas, including the Crystal Palace in Galveston, the Baker and Adolphus Hotels in Dallas, and the Dallas Country Club. They were heard over WFAA Dallas, and they made six sides for Brunswick in two sessions in 1928 and 1930. This segment was originally going to be dedicated exclusively to the Harris Brothers, but I've recently played all of their records that I have except one which is going to start off a segment about home. Louisiana, that's my home From those swamplands no more around Since I've started wandering I've often that bow that I'd go back home someday, boy, and how Louisiana, I'll hop that train, let it snow, dear, shine or rain. Back to those fields of cotton places, dear, can't be forgotten, Louisiana, that's my home. Thank you. 
cover the floor No roses grow round the door One tree no less and no more But what do I care, it's home No chair with plush-covered seat No fancy dishes to eat Just plain log fire for heat But what do I care, it's home It's a weathered shanty on a barren mountainside You may think it's rough, but Mom and I are satisfied She thinks it's heaven on high, worth more than money can buy If she's content, so am I And what do I care, it's home I'll be 
happy as can be on my dear old mother's knee in that little old log cabin by the sea. The Monroe Brothers, Charlie on guitar and yodeling with Brother Bill on mandolin, also yodeling, on In My Dear Old Southern Home on Bluebird 6607A, recorded in Charlotte, North Carolina on February 17, 1936. That was preceded by Phil Romano's orchestra with Elmer Feldkamp vocalizing on What Do I Care? It's Home, written by Roy Turk and Harry Smolin. Don Bester and Bing Crosby also recorded it, but this recording was on Melotone 12640, recorded February 15, 1933. It's credited to Phil Romano and his Hotel Clinton Orchestra, with the flip side credited to Phil Romano and his DeWitt Hotel Orchestra. Now I'm going to assume that those aren't two separate hotels, but refer to the single DeWitt Clinton Hotel in Albany, New York. It opened in August of 1927, and one of its earliest guests was Charles Lindbergh. We started that homey set with the Harris Brothers Texans and Louisiana. That's my home. Brunswick 4644 was recorded in Dallas, Texas in October 1929, and also issued in Australia. Last week, October 10th, marked the birth in 1882 in Buffalo, New York, of John Francis Mahoney to Daniel Mahoney, and Bridget Donovan. I have very little information about him, but he apparently left Buffalo for New York City around the turn of the century, where, according to a 1909 article in the Buffalo Morning Express, he won fame as a monologue, sketch, and songwriter, and was also collaborating with Theodore Morse. Professionally, he went by the name Jack Mahoney, and an article in the August 30, 1914 edition of the paper says he never studied music and cannot read a note, yet composes his own melodies. He must have been pretty good at it, because an article in the July 24, 1919, Olean New York Times Herald announced a show called Jack Mahoney's Gaiety Girls with clever Jack Mahoney in a riot of fun, assisted by a dazzling chorus of pretty girls with new songs, new comedy, new dances, and bright specialties. An ad in the January 22, 1926 Buffalo Courier for the Music Ensemble and Broadcasting Company of Buffalo invited songwriters and publishers to let prominent New York City songwriter Jack Mahoney tell them how to popularize their songs by giving them the benefit of his 15 years' experience as a recognized hit writer. Jack Mahoney died the day after Christmas, 1945, in New York City. Songs in the Mahoney catalog include The Girl I Left Before I Left the Girl I Left Behind Me, I Know How to Use the English Language, While Others Are Building Castles in the Air, I'll Build a Cottage for Two, and these. I saw the 
but I'm lonesome, dear. Something must have happened, or you would be here. Can it be that you have broken every bow? Our lips are strangers now.
It was written by Jack Mahoney and Percy Wenrick in 1914 and was recorded in the teens, 20s, 30s, and even several times in the 1940s, as with that record by the Golden Memory Boys of When You Wore a Tulip and I Wore a Great Big Rose. Leonard Joy was the supervisor for that session, February 9, 1940. I don't know just who the Golden Memory Boys were, but they were good, requiring just one take to produce Bluebird B10878. A review in the March 29, 1940 edition of the Akron, Ohio Beacon Journal says, The singers reveal exceptionally good tone quality and smoothness. Before that, tenor J. Donald Parker singing You're Drifting Away From Me, with Will Donaldson playing the Harold A. Dellen music on piano. That's from Edison Diamond Disc 52361, made June 27, 1928. We started out with a Jack Mahoney-Will Rollins collaboration, Blue Night, played by the Colonial Club Orchestra, led in this case by Louis Katzman, with the vocal by Oliver Smith. Well, not really. Oliver Smith was a pseudonym for Frank Munn. Louis Katzman also wrote that arrangement, committed to wax on October 8, 1928, issued on Brunswick 4082, and also released in Australia and as an instrumental in Germany. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. Back in May of 2021, I played a clip from an episode of The Honeymooners, where Ralph reminisces about some bands that had played at the Sons of Italy Hall in New York, specifically Isham Jones, Ted Fiorito, and Little Jack Little. Norton chimes in, adding Basil Fomine and Johnny Messner, and we had segments with both those bands. Well, last week, October 13th, marked the birth in 1909 in New York City of John Christian Messner, the youngest of five sons born to Marcus Messner, known as Mark, a butcher, and Catherine Schechinger. When he was just five years old, John contracted polio, which left him unable to walk for a year, but with daily treatments he was eventually able to walk normally. At age eight, he was helping out in his father's butcher shop, earning a whopping $2 a week. While neither parent played music, Catherine came from a long line of German composers and musicians, and they sure did raise a musically talented family. John's childhood ambition was to be a professional musician. He went to Ridgefield Park High School, where he was very involved in music activities, singing in choirs and playing both saxophone and clarinet in the school band, in concerts with full orchestras, and in the Five Messner Brothers Orchestra, led by Brother Fred, and heard over WEAF. John's brothers helped develop his musical talents, but he did take formal lessons from professional teachers and worked hard at it. His hard work paid off in the form of a full scholarship to Juilliard, where he graduated in 1931. While at Juilliard, Messner was heard on NBC Radio as a member of Arthur Pryor's band, Sousa's band, and others, occasionally as a clarinet soloist. Although he played well, by his own admission he learned very little about harmony, sight-reading, arranging, and composition, and went into the highly competitive music business unable to read music. Nonetheless, he was able to write original melodies, including much of the special material for the Brothers' Band and his own radio programs. Around 1932, John joined his four siblings, Dick, Fred, Bill, and Charlie, all versatile instrumentalists and vocalists, in the Messner Brothers Orchestra. 
Although not the oldest, Dick assumed leadership of the group, directing from the piano. The group played in many of the top hotels around New York City, including the Hotel McAlpin, Essex House, and Park Central, as well as touring various parts of the country. One critic wrote that the band sent out a certain frivolity and informal showmanship, much of it on the part of John and his easygoing vocals and mic mannerisms, which made everyone in the audience feel like a member of the Messner family. The same critic said that the band dished out stuff that was extremely danceable, thanks to Dick's fine setting of tempos. On April 2, 1933, John married his high school sweetheart, Margaret Davis, in Elkton, Maryland, and they eventually had three sons. In late 1935, Dick Messner decided to go into advertising and retired from the band business, leaving John to take over what would be renamed the Johnny Messner Orchestra. Despite the lean post-Depression days, the Johnny Messner Orchestra enjoyed a fair amount of success through engagements at hotels, ballrooms and theaters, appearances on network radio, and in recordings for Victor and Decca. That is until World War II came along and Johnny found himself drafted into Uncle Sam's army, serving in special services at Camp Shanks, New York. Upon his discharge in 1946, not surprisingly, Messner found it difficult to adjust to the post-war world. Following unsuccessful efforts to reorganize his band, he decided to join the Vincent Lopez Orchestra at the Hotel Taft in New York as instrumentalist, featured vocalist, and occasionally leader. Not having responsibility for keeping his own orchestra afloat gave him time for composing and self-improvement. Money from the Lopez job, ASCAP, and the occasional CBS TV show gave him a very comfortable income. In 1961, George Romanus and Johnny formed a partnership and went into the music end of the advertising business. Translation? They created jingles at, what is fun to say really fast, Batten, Barton, Durstein, and Osborne, better known as the ad agency BBDO. Their first campaign for Schaefer Beer. That led to formation of the Johnny Messner Music Company, which produced many of the popular commercial jingles on radio and TV, including Ford Motor Company, Pepsi-Cola, and R.J. Reynolds, featuring big-name talent such as Louis Armstrong, Peggy Lee, Stan Getz, and even Glenn Campbell. Johnny Messner died of septicemia and renal failure at Hackensack Hospital on January 3, 1986, and was laid to rest in Hackensack, New Jersey. The Johnny Messner sides I played last year featured his toy piano, but here are three recordings by Johnny Messner and his music box band with real pianos.
sermon on right or wrong by a music box host, Johnny Muscle. Now you listen here to me. I'm as mad as mad can be. Cause you've held me down too long and now I'm through with you. You're always giving me the dickens, telling me that life's no easy pickings. But just as long as I have fun, while the devil with the devil says I. You're so afraid of old man Satan, now why don't you stop your hesitating? You're gonna be a long time dead, so the devil with the devil says I. You can have your social teas and bingo for your fun. But the things I like to do, you stop me one by one. Now even if you make me stronger, that ain't gonna make me live no longer. So even if I do go wrong, why the devil where the devil says I? Western ballad to be sung by a music box host, Johnny Messner. Midnight on the trail, the night wind blowing free, my faithful horse and me riding on. Midnight on the trail, the world so new and strange, my old heart seems to change riding on wide open spaces the canyon's wall familiar places i love it all and as i watch the sky grow pale i dream of one delight to ride again at midnight on the trail 
What do you want? It's seven o'clock, dear. Time to get off. Off with the blanket, down with the window, on with the day. Stretch just a little, bend just a little, you'll feel okay. Sing while you're washing, sing while you're dressing, carefree and gay. Only start the day right. Back to the window, up with the window, down with some air. Off with the slippers, on with the shoes, and then comb your hair. Out of the bedroom, into the kitchen, breakfast is there. Holy start the day right Though the skies be cloudy Smile and all the world says howdy Off with the blanket, up with the curtain, greet the new day In with the sugar, down with the coffee, don't you delay Out of the kitchen, out of the cottage, sing on your way Holy start the day right from Johnny Messner and his Music Box Band, all on Bluebird, with Johnny providing the vocal on all three. We started off with The Devil with the Devil from Bluebird 10107B, January 6, 1939. The Devil with the Devil was written by Larry Clinton. Next was Midnight on the Trail. Bickley Reichner was the lyricist and Clay Boland the composer. Bluebird 10065 was waxed November 25, 1938. And we finished up with Hodel A. Start the Day Right. Al Lewis and Charlie Tobias wrote the words to that one with the music by Maurice Spitalny. That's right, Phil's brother. The piano on all three of those recordings was played by Paul Kulthau, K-U-H-L-T-H-A-U, known to listeners to the band on radio as Professor Coleslaw. <laughs> he was playing with Connie Atkinson's orchestra at a dance when a girl in the audience came up and asked him to play a toy piano she had purchased at a dime store. He did so as a stunt, but it was a hit and became a permanent feature of the band. Johnny Messner heard Colthow playing in Atkinson's band in Asbury Park, New Jersey, and asked him to join his band in New York. 
With a little trepidation, Colthow made the switch and co-wrote some of the Mesner Band's hits, including Toy Piano Minuet and Toy Piano Jump. I mentioned that Johnny and Margaret had three sons, John Jr., Ronald, and the youngest, Barry. While putting this segment together, thanks to Ancestry.com, I was able to get in touch with Barry Mesner, who was a very nice fellow and enthusiastically helped with material for this segment. Barry, I hope you and the rest of the family enjoyed the segment and found Johnny's bio to be accurate and fitting. Thank you and best wishes. Last week I said Sidney Easton was in the movie Murder on Lexington Avenue. Well, there is no such movie. Longtime sharp-eared listener Scott posted on the website that the name of the movie is, in fact, Murder on Lennox Avenue. So to try to make up for that little error, here's Fat Swaller, who's got the Lennox Avenue blues. Thank you. 
There's a significant amount of classical music written for organ and trumpet by Bach, Handel, Clark, and others, but we just heard an arrangement for organ and cornet by the Texas Blues Destroyers of Lenox Avenue Shuffle. The Texas Blues Destroyers were cornetist Bubber Miley and Alvin Ray, not on a pipe organ, but a reed organ. Now, back in 1924, they managed to record the same two songs for three different record companies within the space of a couple of weeks. In September of 1924, the pair recorded Down in the Mouth Blues, backed with Lenox Avenue Shuffle, for Path A, and they were issued on Perfect 14341. On October 2nd, they recorded the same tunes for the Ajax Record Company, which were issued on Ajax 17065. Ajax was a subsidiary of the Compo Company of Lachine, Quebec, Canada, headed by H.S. Berliner, son of Emile Berliner. Ajax records were marketed as the quality race record. Anyway, five days later, Miley and Ray recorded the same tunes on the Vocalion label, number 14913, and that's the record we just heard. And those were the only records made by the Texas Blues Destroyers. Fats Waller got things going on the classical pipe organ in the former Trinity Church in Camden, New Jersey, with his own composition, Lenox Avenue Blues, originally titled Church Organ Blues. It took four takes in that November 17, 1926 session before everybody was satisfied. I'm Glenn Robison, and I hope you're completely satisfied that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. If you had even half as much fun as I did, then I had at least twice as much fun as you. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. <laughs>